And I know what you guys are thinking. Usually this is the time where you see Pastor Ryan come up. Well, Pastor Ryan got the opportunity to go to a head pastor's retreat in Arizona this week. And so he gets to go be refilled around other men that are preaching God's word. They get to worship together. They get to pray together. They get to open God's word together. Which means this morning, he asked me to continue his series. So I'm excited. I'm pumped. I love it. I love it. I'm super excited. You know, I love preaching God's word. I feel that the Lord has called me very specifically to preach God's word. And honestly, it's my favorite passion. It's what I love to do. If you were to ask me what I love doing, preaching God's word, top of the list. So I'm so excited to share God's word, what he has for you guys this morning. So this morning, before we get into the sermon, I have a little side note I want to give to you guys. All right, this is, this is free. Now, the last few months have been crazy for me. Um, my wife and I, we've had a whole bunch of firsts. We had our first, and Lord willing, only marriage. We had, we had our first jobs. We had our first big move. We moved across the country. We had our first living house arrangement together. We had our first job opportunity. And uh, just so many firsts, even this past month, my wife carved her first pumpkin. You know, and so a whole bunch of firsts. It's my first fall. I've never seen leaves change colors. I'm in awe. Me and Jason were talking about that yesterday. I mean, it is so cool to see all these different firsts. And this month has been Pastor Appreciation Month. And guys, I want to let you guys know every month at this church feels like Pastor's Appreciation Month. You guys have been so wonderful, so kind, so loving. And I love you guys. I know you guys hear me say, you were loved on the video, but I just want to start with, guys, I love you. I couldn't have asked for a better church and better people. So there it is. So a quick, quick tears, get it out of the way. So we're good. All right, Ephesians 6 is where we're going to be. If you're just joining us first time, maybe, and you haven't met me, my name is Pastor Thomas. And the last few weeks, last few months, actually, we've been in Ephesians chapter 6, going through a series called Glory in the Church. And we've been going through, and we're almost done with Ephesians. We've been talking about the last few weeks, spiritual warfare. We've been talking about um, the armor of God and what spiritual warfare looks like. Well, this morning, the title of my message is Overcoming Spiritual Warfare. Overcoming Spiritual Warfare. If you have your Bibles, we're in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to look at verse 16. Short passage this morning. Verse 16, the Bible says, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation. That's where we're going to stop. Let's pray this morning and we'll get into God's word. Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace, your mercy, Lord, and I thank you for your love. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. And for our sins in here, Lord, I pray that this morning as your word is open, Lord, over these people, Lord, your word would just go forth. Lord, it would touch their hearts and be an encouragement. Lord, they'll leave here knowing you and loving you more because of your word. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I said, we've been talking through the armor of God. Last week we were talking about, we talked about the breastplate, breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, and the shoes of the gospel. Or as Ryan called it, I kind of liked it, the shoes of good news. So we've been talking through the armor of God. What does the armor of God look like? Well, here we are. We come to verse 16. And the Bible says, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith 
with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. The first point I want to get into this morning is the flaming darts of the evil one. The flaming darts of the evil one. Verse 16, it says, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. The first point under that is you are under attack. You are under attack. Now, Ryan talked about this the first, a few weeks ago, one of the first weeks we got into the armor of God. So I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but I do want to reiterate, you are under attack. You see, Satan either has already, is going to, or is going to in the future or will today, has a flaming dart coming your way. And I need to let you know this morning, Satan wants to destroy you. I'm going to say that again. Satan wants nothing more than to destroy you. Satan hates you. He lies to you. He deceives you. He wants nothing but to see your life destroyed. You see, this morning, if you're not saved, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, Satan wants to do everything in his power to keep you as far away from the gospel as possible. He wants you to never even hear the gospel. He wants you to do nothing with the gospel. And this morning, if you are saved, if you've already received Christ as your Savior, he wants to see you bear no fruit in your Christian life. He wants to drive you as far away from that relationship that has been established with God as possible. He wants to put a wedge in between it, and he wants to make you believe in lies and deceit. And he wants to do everything in his power to separate you from Jesus, even though you've already accepted him as your Savior. You see, because Satan wants to destroy you, Satan hates you. And this morning, you are under attack. Number two, under this point, he attacks with flaming darts. You know, when you read that in this scripture here, in verse 16, uh, the Bible says, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Yeah, I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty scary. If someone had a flaming dart coming my way, I would be pretty nervous. I would, I would be very nervous. You know, and Satan has flaming darts coming your way. Number one, under this point, I want us to see, one of the ways he uses a flaming dart is this. He causes conflict, strife, and division. One of the ways Satan has a flaming dart coming your way is he wants to get into your life with conflict, strife, and division. You see, Satan wants nothing more than to cause conflict in your family. Satan wants nothing more than to cause conflict in your ministry team, in your small group, in your friend group. Any area Satan can get into, he wants to cause conflict, strife, division, separation. No longer is there unity, there's division. Why? Because that's what Satan wants. And the flaming dart can be as simple as, I want to see division in your family. I want to see division in your church. I want to see division in your ministry. I want to see division in your grow group. Why? Because if you are separated, you're not unified in the body of Christ. And Satan wants to do anything he can to cause division. And I don't know about you, but I hate when there's conflict. It eats at me. If, if I know something's not right with someone else, that's all I can think about. That's all I can dwell about. Man, I want it fixed. I want to know what's the problem. And it's like I can't get any rest. I can't get any sleep. I can't do anything productive until it's solved. And that's what Satan wants. He wants never-ending conflict and division. That's one of his fiery darts. Another fiery darts that he has is he baits us. 
He baits us. You know, when you go fishing, what do you do? You put a bait on a hook, you throw it in the water, fish eats the food, and then you hook them. You baited them. You see, Satan does the exact same thing. He baits us. He knows exactly what your weaknesses are. He knows where your failures, your weakness, your, where, where you just are vulnerable. And he's going to look to exploit every vulnerability you have. You know, maybe, maybe you say, man, I just, I just struggle with gossip. Well, then you're going to get on Facebook today and you're going to see something or you're going to overhear something. And man, immediately Satan, he's going to make sure that this comes in your life. So man, I can, I can just really gossip about this. Maybe you struggle with what you look at. And Satan, you, you open Instagram, and boom, there, there's that ad. And all Satan wants to see you do is fall into sin. Fall into sin. Fall into sin. Why? Because Satan hates you. Satan wants to destroy you. And Satan wants nothing more to see you fail over and over and over again. That's what he wants. And so he's going to continue to bait you. He's going to continue to entice you. He's going to continue until you fall into that bait. And then the third thing, which I think is the most impactful in my life that I've seen, is he lies to you. You know, when I think of a flaming dart, I think of something that's super scary. You know, something that's going to come, and it's going to come through the air, land, kind of like a big bomb, and just like blow things up. Like, man, I'm going to wake up today, and when Satan's flaming dart comes, my car's going to explode, my house is going to catch on fire, and my life's going to be turned upside down. But sometimes, most of the time, Satan's not going to work like that. I'll give you some examples. Satan's going to come to you and he's going to say, you're not good enough. Satan's going to come to you and he's going to say, you're a failure. Satan's going to come to say, your past could never be forgiven. He's going to come to you and he's going to say, God can never love you. Are you sure God can love you? He's going to come to you and say, you're an awful parent. You're an awful husband, you're an awful wife, you're an awful co-worker. Whatever you do, it's just awful. You're worthless, you're invaluable, you're a failure. And Satan, every single day, every opportunity he gets, he's just going to slide that in. Hey, you're a failure. You know, when there's conflict in your house, man, maybe if you're a better husband, that wouldn't have happened. You know, when there's, when there's, a, big, there's a big blow up at work, man... Maybe, maybe just because you're an awful coworker, Man, maybe there was sin in your past, and Satan just comes, hey, God can never forgive your past. You know, there's, there's a limit. You know, and Satan wants to see nothing more than to you believe in the lies that he feeds you. You know, that's a, that's a huge issue. Because if you begin to believe in the lies that Satan has fed you, you are no longer believing what God has already called you to be. You see, Satan wants to get you to be falling in the trap of his lies. And that's what he wants for you. And he's going to continue to give you a lie day after day. Where you're weak, where you're vulnerable, which brings us to our third point under this. And that is, the, these darts come quickly and usually when we're most vulnerable. When you're at your most vulnerable state, that is when Satan's going to come in and say, hey, I'm coming after you. You see, Satan's way stronger than our human bodies are. He's got way more knowledge about us than we even know about ourselves. He knows our weaknesses, he knows our vulnerabilities, and he's looking to exploit that time and time again. 
to drive your relationship with the Lord further apart. This morning, I need to warn you, you are under attack, and Satan wants to destroy you. That brings us to point number two, which is the shield of faith. The shield of faith. Verse 16, the first part of verse 16 says this, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. You see, Paul, the author here, in those days, the shields that the Roman soldiers in Paul's day used were huge shields. They weren't just these little arm protector things that, you know, the knights wore in the Middle Ages. They were huge bodied shields. So when they would go into battle, an enemy would have arrows coming over top and they were falling on them. They could hide their whole body underneath the shield. They were a big enough shield to protect all of them from the surrounding enemy. It was incredible. So imagine this, this huge shield, this huge shield of faith. Okay, something that can protect all of you. It then begs us the question, what is the shield of faith? How, how does this come into play? What, what's the purpose of it? The shield of faith is this. First and foremost, in order to obtain the shield of faith, you need to have saving faith. You see, if you don't have saving faith, you do not have the shield of faith. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are defenseless. Satan has complete rule and reign over your life. He can do whatever he wants. Why? Because you've never had saving faith. Say, Thomas, what is saving faith? Well, saving faith comes at a very beginning of realizing you and I both have a problem, and that problem is sin. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. And guess what? There's no one in this room that has never not sinned. You're in the same boat as I am. But you know, with serving a just God, a just God could not let sin go unpunished. So our just God made an eternal punishment for that sin called hell. And because of our sin, we all deserve an eternal punishment in hell for all of eternity. That's what we deserve. That's what you deserve. That's what I deserve because of our sin. But that's where this saving faith comes in. You see, God loves you. Do you know that this morning? God loves you. Why do you think we always say you are loved? Because if you feel like no one else loves you, there is a God in heaven who loves you. He loves you so much he was willing to send his one and only son down to earth to come live a perfect life. Why? Because he was 100% God, yet he was 100% man, and his name was Jesus Christ. He walked this life perfect. He healed the blind. He made the deaf hear. He made the lame walk. He did amazing miracles. He showed wondrous signs, all to bring himself glory. And then men would arrest him, beat him, mock him, scourge him, and then kill him and crucify him on a tree. Why would Jesus do that? Well, because he was taking your place. What is, what is saving faith? Saving faith is you realizing you are a sinner. You deserve an eternity in hell. But Jesus took your place for you. You see, when Jesus went to that cross, you know what he was doing? He was taking the penalty for your sins that you deserved, and he took it upon himself. Why? How could he do that? Because he's God. And the moment that he died on that cross, all 
of the sins you've ever committed in your past, all the sins you've committed today, all the sins you'll ever commit in your future were paid for at that moment. Paid for. All of eternity paid for. He took your place. Jesus, three days later, would rise again from the dead and he would go up to heaven days later. And what he left behind was a gift and an opportunity for everyone who would receive it to be saved from all of your sins. You see, Jesus Christ, he left an opportunity for all of your sins, all of your penalty that you deserve in hell to be paid for. And all you have to do is come to a place where you say, God, I'm a sinner. I can't do anything good on my own. But Jesus took my place. Today, Jesus, will you save me from my sins? I believe you are God, and I believe you can save me. It's at that moment, the moment you say, Jesus, I need you, will you save me from my sins? You immediately have saving faith. Not only are all your sins forgiven in that moment, but you just received your very own shield of faith. You see, before your saving faith, you didn't have a shield of faith. There was nothing protecting you from Satan. He had free reign on your life. The moment you were saved, your life was turned upside down because you now have Jesus Christ living inside of you. You have Jesus Christ protecting you. The blood of Christ was spoken for you. You can go before God the day you die and say, God, I can get into heaven because I put my faith and trust in Jesus. And that saving faith will save you for all of eternity. But not only is it going to save you, it's going to bring us to point number two. It's going to give you everyday faith. Everyday faith. And this is where the shield of faith comes into play. You say, Thomas, how is that even possible? You know, you see, just talking about point one, Satan has fiery darts ready to throw your way. How are we going to overcome those darts? And that's through the shield of faith. You see, when you take up your shield of faith, what you are doing is you are believing in what you've already put your trust in. I'm going to say that again. When you bring up your shield of faith, you are putting your trust in something you've already believed in. You say, Thomas, what do you mean? You see, when Satan comes to you with a lie, he says, hey, Thomas, you're a failure. Hey, Thomas, God can never love you. Your past is too bad. Hey, Thomas, God can never use you. And when those lies start to really get at you, you got to remember, no. No, that's not true. Why? Because I have a shield of faith. You see, Satan, you can't get at me. Why? Because I've already put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. His word, his promises are what I'm going to believe in. You see, when you require saving faith, when you require a shield of faith, you are now putting your belief in something you've already put your trust in. It's, it's incredible the truth. When Satan comes at you to bait you to fall into sin, you say, Satan, as great as that sin you want to make it sound, living a life for Christ is better. And you're going to lift up that shield of faith and say, no, I would rather live for Jesus. No, Satan, as great as you want to make this sin seem and sound, I am going to live for Jesus. I'm going to raise my shield of faith. When Satan comes and lies to you and says you're not enough, you raise up your shield and you tell Satan, no, Satan, because I'm a child of God. I'm chosen. Jesus came to earth to die for me. I am valued by God. I have worth to God. I have a future in God. Why? Because I put my trust in God. And at that moment, 
Satan has those fiery darts coming your way again and again and again. You raise what you already believe in. And you say, Satan, no. Satan, you can't get to me because Jesus speaks for me. Satan, there's nothing you can do. There's no sin. There's, there's no lies. There's no conflict that you can come and drive me away from God because I've already put my faith in God. And God has got me. You see, this shield of faith is incredible. It's nothing you just go buy at the store. It's putting your trust in what you already believe in. You say, Satan, no, I am a child of God. Satan, I am loved by God. There's nothing you can do to tell me otherwise. Satan, the Bible says if I confess my sins, he's willing to forgive my sins. My sins are forgiven. I'm a child of God. Satan, Satan, that sin seems great, but guess what? God's life is better. I'm a child of God. You see, you have the power of Jesus Christ in the resurrection living within you. When you accepted Christ as your Savior, you have resurrection power living in you because the Holy Spirit lives within you. The Bible says you are a new creation. Jesus has given you new life. The moment you receive Christ, you are a new creature. No longer are you a slave to sin. You are a child of God. You just need to hold up that shield when Satan comes at you to lie to you, to bait you, to have conflict arise. No, Satan, not today, because I'm a child of God. Satan, not today, I'm loved by him. Satan, not today, I'm going to live my life honoring Christ. That's what the shield of faith is. How do you overcome what Satan has coming your way? You believe in what you've already believed in. And that's your saving power of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is enough. That brings us to our third and last point this morning. We've looked at Satan is attacking you. You are under attack and Satan wants to destroy you. But we've looked at the shield of faith. This morning, do you have a shield of faith? Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Do you have saving faith? And if you have, are you believing Satan's lies? Or are you raising your shield of faith saying, Satan, you can't get to me because I have God. And God is bigger and better than anything you can throw my way. Point number three this morning. It brings us to verse 17. And we're going to stop right in the middle. And take the helmet of salvation. Take the helmet of salvation. So our third point this morning is the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. You know, a helmet, a helmet is obviously used to protect. You look at sports, football, they all wear helmets. Hockey, they wear helmets. Baseball, they wear helmets. Why? They use a helmet to protect their head. Why? Because your, your head is valuable. It holds your brain, it holds your school. It's, it's valuable. Without your head, you can't really live. You know, and as we were talking about in point number one, a lot of Satan's fiery darts he wants to shoot at you, a lot of them are getting into your head. Man, God doesn't love me. Man, man, I can never be forgiven. And time and time again, Satan just wants to get in your head. And that's where the helmet of salvation comes in. The helmet of salvation ties in so perfectly with the shield of faith. Because when you are saved, when you accept that helmet of salvation, you are now have a chance to protect your head. You know what the helmet of salvation brings? The helmet of salvation brings hope. We'll, we look at, we'll look at that. That's our sub-point for under this. The helmet of salvation brings hope. 
This morning, some of you guys came in here, and you just need some hope in Jesus Christ. You see, and the helmet of salvation gives you hope both in death and in life. You say, how is this possible that the helmet of salvation gives me hope both in death and in life? You see, it gives you hope in life because no longer are you a slave to sin. No longer does Satan have rule over you. You're now a child of God. No longer can Satan do whatever he wants. You have the shield of faith. And salvation gives you hope in life. You can live a life knowing you are no longer a slave to sin. You're a child of God. You no longer have a life of shame and regret. You have hope in Christ. You no longer deserve eternal damnation. God has prepared a place for you in heaven. You see, Jesus, when he gave you salvation, gave you hope to live this life. But not only that, he gave you hope to, in death. You know, I've been by the graveside or by the bedside of people that were about to die. They knew they were about to die. In fact, I'm thinking of my grandma. And I looked at her and I said, Grandma, how are you doing? And she looked at me and she said this. She said, Thomas, I'm ready to go. You think about it, as a 15-year-old boy, I didn't understand that. You're ready to go. How are you ready to die? She was ready to go see Jesus. Because you have hope, not only in life, but in death. And salvation brings that hope. Salvation gives you hope to live. Salvation brings you hope to die. You know, if I was to die today, praise the Lord, I get to go see Jesus. The one who loves me, the one who saves me. Man, if I were to die today, I have hope. Do you? I'm going to close with this story, and I think it'll tie everything together. It was a few years ago. I was a college student, and I was home for Christmas break. I was living at a home at the time, and I came back, and I was laying in bed one night, and I was torn to pieces. I was sitting there thinking, man, God, and I just sitting there, it's probably one o'clock in the morning, I said, God, how could you love me? I, I can't fathom it, I can't get it. How could you love me? You see, it was a few weeks prior that I made one of the biggest mistakes in my life, and I felt like a failure. Ever since that day, Satan had came to me and he said, Thomas, you are a failure. You're worthless. God can never love you. God can never forgive you. Why? Because you failed. You've let God down. How could God use you in a mighty way when you're a failure? I'm laying in bed. I said, God, how could you love me? How could you care for me? How could you want to save me? And the Holy Spirit came to me that night and he said, Thomas, your sins are forgiven. Thomas, you're worth a lot to Christ. He came and he saved you on that cross. Thomas, you are loved by Jesus and by God. I have a plan for you. I have a future for you. I have so much for you. You know what I was doing? I was letting Satan, I was letting Satan live the life, live the lies of my life. And God came to me and he said, Thomas, you're not a failure. You have me. Thomas, you have a future. Why? Because I have Christ. Thomas, you have hope. Why? Because I have salvation. This morning, I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what you're going through. You could be fighting some major lies, major deceit, major conflict. Satan's stirring up. He wants the worst for you. But yet you have Christ. 
and he is enough. This morning, you need to take up your shield of faith. You need to say, no, Satan, I have Christ. No, Satan, I have salvation. Satan, God says, the word says, I'm a child of God, I'm chosen, I am loved by him, and Satan, I'm not gonna listen to you today. I'm gonna listen to Christ. This morning, how many of you guys just need to say, God, I'm gonna listen to you. I'm gonna listen to your word, I'm gonna listen to your promises. And today, Satan, you're not gonna have rule over me. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you so much for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for the peace that you bring, the comfort that you bring, the love that you bring to each and every one of our lives. Lord, I don't know what people are dealing with. I don't know what people are struggling with this morning. Lord, I know for sure there's an enemy that wants to kill them. I know there's an enemy that wants nothing but the worst for them, and I don't know what they're going through. But Lord, this morning, I pray you be with them. Lord, this morning I pray that you would have a peace come over them. Help them to know that you are with them and you love them. This morning I want to take a minute and just have a time of reflection. Maybe you need to have a word with God. This morning, do you have saving faith? Have you put your faith and trust in God alone to save you so you can take a shield of faith? And maybe some of you this morning need to raise your shield of faith and say, man, I need to believe in what God has already said about me. This morning, you just need to say, God, I believe in you this morning. And maybe some of you this morning just need hope. You say, God, I need hope in my salvation this morning. Take a minute and just pray, talk to the Lord, have a moment of reflection.